Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Thursday edition of the show. We are back after a day off yesterday, really a day of uh, precaution. So hope everybody is uh, safe and, and healthy and didn't have too much damage to their residents and properties with uh, the hurricane that hit yesterday. Hey, we're back for another day of Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. We're going to talk about the roster that is set, the practice squad that is now set, and just looking forward because we are full steam ahead to the regular season, and we got to speak to GM general manager Jason Light today along with Todd Bowles. So a lot of fun stuff to get into. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. SR Scott Reynolds and Scott we had our first open locker room today yeah spoke to Jason Light so it feels like we are ready to go yeah it's it was fun to get back in the swing of things and you know it's a different locker room now no Tom Brady um you know it, it's it's been reconfigured There's a lot of new faces a lot of rookies on this roster for yes. sure and I think the biggest takeaway that you and I had Matt in talking about this Bucks roster before the show is this Buccaneer organization really likes this Buccaneers team. I mean, there's not one single player that they claimed off waivers that they signed from another team to yeah. be on the active roster or even on the practice squad. Now, that's not to say this is set in stone, but the initial impression out of the preseason, out of Bucks training camp, is they like their own guys. They like this team and they've liked this group of guys since the offseason, since the draft, since right after the draft. Yeah, they say actions speak louder than words, and I think you see that with the fact that they didn't really bring in anyone f to either their practice squad or their 53-man their roster yeah. with another team cutting their own players. And sure, it's one thing when the GM or the coach goes up there and says, we really believe in our guys. We're really excited right. about what's going on because that's what they're going to say. They're not going to yeah. be like, oh, you know what? I'm really worried about our depth at safety. You're not really going to hear that. But given the fact that they didn't add anybody else on top of how they are speaking. And by they, I mean, Jason Light and Todd Bowles, they were yeah. speaking with a lot of conviction where that's right. I actually believed what they were saying. I didn't think they were just putting on a poker face for the cameras and, and the media. Yeah, the I agree. They legit are building. You heard Jason Light talk about going to the dollar store, but finding gems inside it. Yeah. The Bucks should be in that thrift shop uh, music video because they really, <laughs> they got some bling bling for that dollar, for that cheap money. And a lot of it came with undrafted free agents, but this team is going to rely on those guys to have some big roles this season. Yeah. And and I think that, that uh, listen, there's going to be some moments this year where you're going to see some rookies have some rookie moments. That That's that's a given. You know, you and I were talking to Servasier Dennis today and <laughs> You know, I asked him point blank because I wanted to see what he would say. Uh, we knew what the answer was, and he knew what the answer was. But we, I, I asked him, you were right there. I said, uh, what did you think of your performance in that Steelers game? He's like, oh, man, I played terrible. Yeah, you know? he was like, man, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How bluntly honest about it. Right, and, and, and that's that's the right answer because he did. And, and you and I both said, okay, that's great. Like, that's what the preseason's for, to get those rookie jitters, those first-game jitters yeah. out of your system. You know, we saw we saw Jamel Dean really struggle in his first, you know, action against Seattle during his rookie season when he had to play yeah. and gave up several touchdowns. And, 
you have to start somewhere, right? I mean, it's you're not going to come in and, and, and set the league on fire right away. It happens with a few players, but uh, most rookies play like rookies. Uh, that's just, you know, that's part of being a first-year player in this league. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that, that you know, we haven't seen Kalaja Kansi. I'm really excited to see what he can do without the benefit of a preseason. He's going to have some moments where he's probably going to get plastered and 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 ran over. You know, that's just the welcome to the NFL moment. All these guys are going to experience. So it's not going to be smooth sailing for this Buccaneer team all of the time. And some of these rookies are going to get exposed. They're going to give up touchdowns. They're going to miss blocks. They're going to fumble the ball. All those things, right? But I think by and large. This is a really talented team. And as Todd Bowles said, guess what? They're rookies on every single Super Bowl yep. uh, roster, right? Uh, when you win the Super Bowl, whoever's going to win it this year is going to have some rookies on there and probably some guys actually playing as starters. That was the case in 2020. Yes. With Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr., right, Matt? And Todd Bowles was saying the same exact thing back then when he was a defensive coordinator. I think it's because yeah. he won a Super Bowl when he played for Washington, and I think yeah. it was in his second year. Maybe it was his rookie year, but it's very early in his career. So yeah. he experienced it himself. And, yes, they're going to rely on rookies. And this is kind of what I was going back to on Monday when I was talking during the during rope call, and I was saying that, like, Christian yeah. Isdian – being that rookie in a starting role, one of the few rookies that is going to be a starter, along with Cody Malk, who I spoke to today in the locker yeah. room. And Bulls coaching these rookies, especially in the secondary, I feel great about. But talking to Cody Malk today, the, the starting right guard for the Bucks, he talked about how important it was that, not just that he got a couple reps in the first game against the Steelers or against the Jets, but right. having the whole unit together yeah. For that final game, he talked about how important of an impact that was for him specifically as he continues to grow and grow. So there are going to be some ugly moments for the Bucks. Let's just be real about it. Sure. There's going to be some tough, tough moments, but that doesn't yeah. mean that they can't overcome things. Let's remember, if we're going to stick about rookies right. and, and, and growing and developing, when the Bucks won in 2020, and I know it seems like ages ago, remember – the Bucks were very up and down up until December after that right. bye week. So kind of picture the same type of thing going into this season. Yeah. They're going to have some good moments when the defense keeps them in it. They're going to have right. some other great moments where if Dave Canales works his magic, everything will, you know, everything will figure itself yeah. out on offense. But really look at November and December. Where is the growth? Where is the elevation of really everybody? Whether it's right. the rookies, whether it's Joe Tryon, Shoenka, who we talked mm -hmm. about a lot. Yeah. There is so much room for growth on this team, and if they if they operate the right way, this team can win the NFC South. If I agree. things don't go their way, I'm not saying top five pick, but within the top ten, they will be selecting next year. Yeah, well, and it's not just the rookie players. We have a rookie offensive coordinator and play yeah. caller too. You know, in and uh, Dave Canales and uh, KGH for life says Brian Flores. He means Brian Flores, the Vikings DC is known for his exotic looks and blitzes. Canales got to be on his A game. And you know what? <laughs> I'll tell you, man, those call-it periods against Todd Bowles. Yeah. Todd Bowles is not shy in, in practice. And I had a conversation with Bowles last year, and he was telling me, uh, you know, there, there, he he and Tom Brady would get into it during practice. And and we, we never really saw this. And this was even before he became the head coach. This is back when he was a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, when when Brady got there. Now, there's practice etiquette, right, where – and we've seen it all the time, right, where we count sacks in practice, 
and the quarterbacks have the orange jerseys on that can't be touched. So you see guys come in free and then peel away and not even touch the quarterback. They just kind of just swerve off, right? And um, so Tom Brady was getting really animated against uh, Todd Bowles, saying, you know, like, Todd, like, knock it off. Like, we're trying to get some work done here, you know? And Bowles was giving it to Brady, saying, hey, man, like, <laughs> you got to deal with this. And and so when he became the head coach this last training camp, uh, or his first training camp, and then this year as well, you know, he he tells the the offense, especially this year in these call-it periods. It was different even in his first season when he was going up against Byron Leftwich in training camp and practice, where, you know, he says, I'm going to pick three or four practices, and I'm just going to just tell the offense, hey, like I'm bringing blitzes all practice long. Y'all got to deal with it, and that's just how it is. And we saw Todd Bowles is not shy about sending blitzes on first down, second down, third down. Uh, Ryan Neal, Anton Winfield, uh, Christian Izian, Josh Hayes off you know off the edge from the yeah. slot, right? Um, all the linebackers get involved in the blitzes as well. He has got so much exotic stuff that it's just insane. So I will say this. I believe that Dave Canales, he hasn't seen it all yet, right? Because he's only seen the Todd Bowles version of the Blitzes. But yes. the menu at Cafe Bowles is quite extensive when it comes to Blitzes. They're on the menu, and there are multiple pages of this menu. So I think that has really helped Todd Bowles prepare for Brian Flores in the Minnesota Vikings. And, and we'll see because the proof's in the pudding in week one. I like that comparison. Not only does Todd Bowles have a, a a cafe with his own menu, but he's also got like that secret menu that you have yeah. to ask the waiter or you have to ask the chef mm -hmm. specifically to get to get those <laughs> right. couple of orders on the menu. And, and that's why I and not that many Bucks fans were freaking out, but you watch the last preseason game and the Bucks starters go out yep. onto the field against the Ravens backups. Josh Johnson. Four plays. Four plays. Bam, 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 bam. Right down yeah. the field. Touchdown. And yeah. sure, there's a couple of things you can get angry at. I understand. But I was also thinking this isn't even remotely close to the yeah. type of defense we're going to see from Todd Bowles. I mean, they barely blitzed. If it was a blitz, it was your typical generic type of yeah. blitz i mean just wait until devin white's coming downhill just wait till ryan neal's coming off of the edge we yeah. haven't seen anything yet with todd Bowles and the defense that he runs and i think it kind of excites me that they're playing an offense like the vikings mm -hmm. in week one because the vikings have a definitely a formidable offense even without yeah. no longer on the team obviously justin jefferson's one of the best in the league but kirk cousins i feel like can get fooled by Todd Bowles and the exotic defense that he yeah. gets going. And it will break down Bucks versus Vikings way more next yeah. week when the following Sunday is an actual game day for the oh, Buccaneers. But did, I, I, I'm sorry. Hold on a second, Matt. Did, did you mention game day? I did mention game day. Oh, we're going to have pewter game day back this year. So, Folks, we're excited about this. We'll get more into it next week. But just to let you know, the live stream Pewter Game Day shows are back. We called them Pewter, Re Pewter Report Tailgate last year, but it's Pewter Game Day. We're doing away with the two-hour pregame. It's only going to be one hour. So that game is a 1 o'clock kickoff. Make sure that you tune in at noon for the pregame show. And uh, and then we'll have the, the live in-game analysis as well. So one-hour pregame and then... Uh, the the in-game analysis that you're going to get from Matt Matera and the Peter Report staff is bar none. So just make sure that you're ready on game day. You can watch the game. Matt's going to have the game on as well. And just he's got a ton of insight, and, and he's going to share it with you guys about this. Sometimes, you know, Matt, it, and I, I see this on Twitter all the time, 
uh, especially, and I'm not going to name any, any particular announcers, but there are some, some announcers that are pro the other team and maybe anti Buccaneers. Right. And, and this is the beauty of Peter game day because you can literally watch that. We're not saying turn the TV off, watch the game, maybe mute it and listen to what, uh, what Matt and the Peter report staff have to say on game days, because that type of analysis is going to be all tailored to you, Peter it, people, Buccaneers analysis. Exactly. We are looking through it through a Bucks lens. Bucks centric. How does this affect the Bucks? And you know what? You know, we have sponsors that are uh, gambling sites and, and fantasy picks and things like that, yeah. too. So if I make a bet on the Bucks, you're damn sure I'm going to be making sure that it's, uh, <laughs> you know, in the best interest of what yeah. our, our picks and our bets are on. So I'm super excited for this to come back. I'm, I'm starting it with week one. We'll have a rotating cast, but yeah. there's a great way if uh, you want some more insight about things we've been talking about with the Bucks, uh, our opinion on, on certain plays, and we'll obviously be interacting with everybody um, in the chats as well. So yeah. if you're feeling some type of way, we'll probably put it up on the screen as well. We try to keep it as interactive as possible. Uh, another roll call type of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very excited. That'll be coming up next weekend and uh, going to be an awesome time. It is. So just kind of continuing with uh, with with the Bucks uh, roster, and we talked about this uh, earlier in the week when they were making the roster cutdowns. Keith Armstrong, whether you like him or not, special teams coordinator, he gets some say in the roster construction. He's not just a coach. He's a coordinator. He's a coordinator-level guy. And so there's going to be some players at that tail end of the roster where Keith Armstrong's going to have some say. Like, for example, Pat O'Connor was one of those guys that didn't necessarily make the cut and I don't know this to be fact. This is just informed speculation. But it's going to come down to, hey, uh, maybe that final roster spot, Pat O'Connor, Marquise Watts, and and Cam Gill, right? And we can keep two, and one's got to go on the practice yeah. squad, right? So that might be a thing where they ask Keith Armstrong, hey, can Watts be ef effective enough to replace Pat O'Connor on special teams? Can Cam Gill be effective enough on, on special teams to replace Pat O'Connor in that role? And Armstrong it probably said yes to that, signed off on that. And that's the reason why you've got six outside linebackers on this team. And that's also a reason, and Todd Bowles even said it today. I think it was Bowles uh, who said it. Maybe it was Jason Light. But when asked about Derek Pitts, maybe yes. the, the biggest surprise of the roster because he's a player that we really haven't mentioned a whole bunch because, quite frankly, he hasn't done a whole bunch as a cornerback. But yeah. he was one of their better special teams players. And that's that's what kept him and Josh Hayes, who was one of their their draft picks, uh, on this roster as cornerbacks over Keenan Isaac, who has missed some tackles, right? And I'm um, playing defense, and didn't show can't up have as that much. Punt, can't have that on punt coverage, Scott. Exactly. You can't be yeah. Missing tackles there <laughs> because right. you know one missed tackle on defense, you'll probably yeah. have eleven or ten other guys swarming to the football. Yeah. Special teams guys are all over the place. You miss that one tackle. And, uh, you know, it's it's a 30-yard gain, if not more, That's for right. the uh, kick returner. I actually have the direct quote from Todd Bowles about Derek Pitts. He said, Pitts was one of our better special teams players. Yeah. He did a heck of a job on kickoff and as a gunner. When you come down to the end fighting for the last roster spot, you're going to need a guy who can do that. So That's right. That is why Derek Pitts made this team. Yep. And so th that's part of the roster construction is is helping – special teams and everyone's been complaining about Keith Armstrong. That's fine. I'm a, I'm a little bullish on teams. We talked about that on Tuesday's show. 
I, I, we'll see how the coverage units do. There's a lot of young rookie players they're they're counting on, but at the same time, that's where a lot of these guys are hanging on to the roster. So they got to they have to do a good job in special teams to to stay on this roster. And uh, and and I'm I'm hopeful that the return unit with Devin Tompkins getting better in that capacity, having Trey Palmer as, as a backup. Uh, Chase McLaughlin, Jason and I talked about that today, and he says, hey, we're excited that the kicker made all of his kicks in the preseason. Let's cross our fingers and hope that continues yeah. during the regular season because that was a real challenging spot for, for Jason Light before finding Ryan Suckup. He went through 10, 11 kickers, and, and now, boy, Matt, what a boon it would be if Chase McLaughlin at age 27 replaces the 36-year-old Ryan Suckup, and what if he could be this kicker here in Tampa for for several years and really solidify that that that's best case scenario right there yeah and I think sometimes kickers it takes a little more time for them to truly find their home you know like McLaughlin was in Indianapolis for a little yeah. bit I always go back to like Robbie Gold for example he spent a lot of time with the Bears but he really had like his second career with the San Francisco 49ers right was there for Tons and tons of seasons. Adam Vinatieri is another example. Obviously, yeah. made the great kicks for uh, the the Patriots. But then, uh, I think a lot of people know him more as an Indianapolis Colt than they right. do a New England Patriots. Hey, so I hate I, to say it, but, but Matt Gay, right? I mean, yeah. You know, people wanted to run him out of Tampa after his rookie year. Missed, you know, probably yeah, a couple had, game winners. A, yeah, yeah, he had a game winning kick in Tampa. It happened to be yeah. for the Rams in the playoffs, right. but he had a game winning <laughs> kick in Tampa. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and he's, he's become a Pro Bowl kicker. I think the highest paid kicker in the league right now. So, as Jason Light said today, hey, you know, sometimes when people leave here, they they go on to yeah, he to, did to play he, well. Uh, he had a bit of a elsewhere. There. Yeah. So, uh, let's see here. Ward Burns. Okay, well, it is four twenty. Where's that four twenty roll call? We only do that on Mondays, Ward. So we'd love to have you back on Monday. Although next Monday. Yeah. Is a holiday, so we're not doing a show on Monday because that's that's a holiday. You know what, Ward? If you want to put right now where you're watching from, we'll, we'll put it up. We'll on put it on. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah I'm, I'm with reward you. Reward and that. Ward only, though. <laughs> yeah, we're going to reward Ward for his uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. insistence that 420 is is the time for roll call, and it is. It's just on Monday show, but we're going to do a roll call on Tuesday. How about that? Yeah, we'll do a roll we'll, call we'll on Tuesday. Two, yeah, we're doing shows Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday next week, and then we'll do the Pewter Game Day Show plus our post game Pewter yeah. Report podcast after the Bucks beat the Vikings. You heard it first here. Yeah, two for the price of one. And Ward's yeah. watching from Brandon, which is very, very cool. Awesome. I want to get to this question real quick uh, from Jay and Itra. When yes. will captains be named? So Todd Balls was asked that today, mm -hmm. and it won't be for a little bit. Um, right. He said that he still hasn't even decided if. Uh, let me let me pull up the quote because it was. When I first heard, it, I was like, "Huh, that that was a very interesting yeah. response." When it came to the captains, he said, um, let's "See if I could find it. Uh, probably no time soon. Mm -hmm. It's a little early right now. It may go by committee for a couple of weeks and see how it right. goes. And then I may name some, or I may let them vote on it. We haven't discussed it yet. I find that very odd for a couple of reasons. One being." Mike Evans and Levante David alone have yeah. been captains of this team for right. multiple, multiple years now. And even Devin White, given everything that happened in the offseason, he's still yeah. been a captain for at least two or three seasons now. So yeah, yeah I think it was 2020 for Devin White, which was yeah. his second year in the league. And then for Mike Evans, 20, I want to say it was 2015 
no, not 2015. It was 2017. 2017 okay. was his first year being a captain. So he's been a captain for a long time. And yeah. Levante probably, and, uh, probably yeah. about 10 years. For a long time now. So I, I, I don't get why Todd is doing this. Because you already have like a couple of guys set in stone. You would imagine Baker is going to be one of them as well. Vita Vea yeah. was a captain last year too. So outside of like replacing Tom Brady as a team captain, mm-hmm. you're not making too many changes. So I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I, I think I think that's a good thing. Uh, here here's a couple of of conspiracy theories I've, I thought about today. Okay, okay. let's right, so let's hear it. We're we're getting on the tinfoil hats. Yes. So Baker Mayfield is the starter, right? And uh, I think some fans expect Baker Mayfield at some point in time to either get injured or be ineffective and Kyle Trask end up being the guy. It's a little odd if you have team captains and your starting quarterback is not one of them. Yes. I think Todd Bowles, for part of this, wants to see how Baker Mayfield does at the start of the season. Are they they winning? Is he building some momentum? Is he staying away from interceptions? Does he look like the long-term solution at quarterback for this year i'm not talking next year i'm talking long term meaning is he going to be a wire to wire guy tom brady as great as he was he was also old but brady went wire to wire he never missed a game never missed a start in his buccaneer career here yeah so i i think that, that that's part of it is you don't want to sit there and name baker the starter and then let's say this team heaven forbid goes over four to start the season and then all of a sudden your captain is sitting on the bench, essentially. What are you going to do, rip the C off his chest and give it to Kyle Trask? So that may be part of it. The other part of it, which is maybe not as negative as, as that was, the other conspiracy is, well, Tristan Wirfs, right? This is his offensive line now. Yeah. Ryan Jensen, he, he's done. And Wirfs is the most accomplished. He's the best. He's also the elder statesman, believe it or not, on this offensive <laughs> line. Crazy, yeah, but he is. Okay, so let's see Tristan really step up and be the leader of that line the way Jensen was. Not with the fire and the brimstone and the red hair, but just lead in his own way. Step up and be that leader and say, this is my offensive line now, and, and we're going to roll with it and you know get behind me. I'm the guy. And I think also Antoine Winfield Jr., right? Yeah. Uh, when you look, at, you look at, at, at the guys in the mural, right? Chris Godwin's never been a team captain yet, yet they put him up on the mural. Yeah. And if you ask anybody, Godwin was kind of the offensive leader. Um, Mike Evans is going to have a C on his chest. That's a given. But for Godwin, he was the guy that after every single OTA, never missed a practice that we're aware of, Absolutely. helping the young players, he kind of deserves a C on his chest too. So I, I think I think for Bulls, he wants to kind of give the team, okay, now that we got a 53, let's let's see who kind of rises to the, you know, to the top here. Cause because you know you have Winfield, you've got Vita Vea, who was a captain last year, led the team in sacks. He's on this, on the stadium. You've got Levante, you've got Devin, you got four guys, four legitimate guys yeah. on defense, and then on offense, you got Werps, you got Godwin, you've got Evans, and probably Baker. You have four legitimate guys on offense, so a lot of guys to choose from, and I think that's part of the reason why Bowles is maybe waiting to see who kind of rises to the top. <laughs> I think in Todd Bowles' perfect world, he would just have all defensive guys as captains. Yes. Maybe have like five <laughs> five defensive guys, and Mike Evans can be a captain yep. as well. But yeah, it's interesting how the how it'll play out. Maybe they'll do yeah. four captains and then two game yeah. day captains. Right. Where they I, I saw the Giants players. just come out with ten captains, Matt. Why not? Like if you have, I don't even know you could do. I guess there's technically not a rule. What if they yeah. have like 
<laughs> what if they name like 45 captains? And, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and there's a couple Everybody that. gets a participation trophy. Yeah. You made the team. Here's your C. Put it on your chest. I don't know. It's like we but, are yeah. all leaders or something right. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want to spread the leadership around everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we want to empower everybody with, yeah. uh, with leadership abilities. But, you know, I, I don't see the harm in that. If, you know, um, Godwin, help with jersey sales you got the c on the of side of course you know? yeah i mean godwin is just as much of a leader as evans is give them both captains right and then give worfs a captain and if, if baker you know give him a captain uh ship then, too. he's then they can invite oprah out to practice and be like you get a captain you get a captain you get a captain ship you get a captain ship we could be on to something there oh man well we're on to a two dollar super chat here thanks to uh mikhail arrow so we appreciate that very much who is replacing gene deckroff gene deckroff did step down as the voice of the seminoles he retired but he is for everything i understand he is calling buccaneer games this year still so he he is he's doing his his uh his solo gig now which is just the buccaneers and it's interesting because in, in several years uh, past, uh, you know, there's been times where Gene has had to really take private planes and catch yeah. flights and almost get police escorts from the airport to stadiums to make it from, say, a, uh, you know, a, a, a well, not even Tallahassee. Sometimes right. it's like a road game for Florida yeah. State on a Saturday night. And then the Buccaneers are playing maybe a road game elsewhere across the country at, with a one o'clock kickoff. So. You know, Gene Deckerhoff's been—he's been, he's been a, uh, a traveling man. Even if Florida State and the Bucks both had home games, like that's a long drive in of yeah. itself. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Gene Deckerhoff is an all-time legend. Someone in the chat said that he's irreplaceable. I think that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. If someone is going to take a spot next season when he willingly decides to retire, um, maybe T.J. Reeves because he's already in I think like so, a radio yeah. group. That that would yeah. make a lot of sense. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, he's an all-time legend. There's no replacing him. Yep. Uh, let's see here. I think Matt should be an honorary team captain, leading us in the best the best Bucks coverage round. I agree. I'm going to give Matt a, a C. Grace. He's, yeah. You know definitely what? a for, captain here at Peter. First Report. of all, thank you so much, Grace Point. I, I take that with so much honor. I gladly wear the C, but I'm rocking that C for Celsius, which, of course, there is you the go. presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. If I was captain... I'd be like, hey, we want to get that extra edge. Let's have a Celsius before the game. Of course, there's so many awesome flavors. Uh, their newest one is the Cosmic Vibe, which is a sparkling fruit punch. They also got sparkling lemon lime, sparkling orange. The grape is great. Uh, Fuji apple pear, kiwi guava, Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. So you get my point. There's a ton of awesome different flavors, strawberry lemonade as well. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius, go to the store locator on their website, Punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can get a Celsius energy drink, whether that's your local health and fitness store, your Walmart, 7-Eleven, Target, or your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you're like, I love having a Celsius energy drink, but I want more. I want to get them in bulk. That's when you go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save. Get that variety pack because, as I said, there's so many awesome flavors. Don't limit yourself to one. Get Many different flavors because variety is the spice of life. You can have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, yearly. Whenever you want, you set up the uh, shipment dates. And uh, just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick, the official energy drink of the Peter Report podcast. Amen to that. Uh, I had my Celsius this morning, had an orange 
uh, Celsius. Now, nice. here's here's oh, here's here's like a little uh, little trick or gimmick I, I kind of accidentally discovered. So I didn't have it cold this morning, right? Didn't put it in the fridge last night. So I put it in the freezer. Then I forgot about it because I'm old, right? This is what happens when you're old, Matt. You forget things. Yeah. So it was in there for almost an hour and a half, and then it became like an orange slushy. And I, I drank it like like I would a slushy, and it was awesome that way. I've never had a, a Celsius nearly frozen before, but oh, it's quite good. So I'm just saying, like, I might be on to something here. It might be a, a new, different way to enjoy your Celsius. I like that. There's multiple ways to to enjoy a Celsius energy drink. So yep. yeah, way to get experimental with it. <sighs> yeah, this was a tough one. This was a tough one that we uh, we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yes. For those in the audio version, Grizz says, uh, Wellington Prevalon has gone to Dallas. He is not on the Bucks practice. Wellington like Prevalon is gone. Never <sighs> to be seen again. Ah, that's not true. He could end up on the practice yeah. again. But yeah, well, this was I, a, um, Matt, I, I, I think I think we gotta change the Wellington Prevalon accent now that he is down there, down there in Dallas. Yeah, he's Wellington Prevalon. Wellington Prevalon. Give my me some favorite, barbecue, Wellington. My favorite type of beef is beef Wellington. <laughs> Wellington Prevalon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well done. Oh, well done. Oh, I like mine rare, but, you know. Right. Well done. I'm with you, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I tell you what, we we got some clips here from Todd Bowles and Jason Line. We talked to both of, of yeah. the members of the the Upper Bucks Brass today, and uh, you know they, they they were kind enough to to grace grace us with their presence and and uh, do a little press conference today. Really, only practice this week was today was indoors. Yeah, it was a, couple, a very sh- it was a very short practice. Yeah, too. a couple players returned today, Matt. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, – well, Mike Evans had been dealing with a little groin issue. Yeah. Todd Bowles had mentioned he practiced in full today. Um, still no K.J. Britt. Still no Antoine Winfield Jr. That's yeah. definitely something to monitor over the next week. Uh, no yeah. Kalijah Cansey either. Savasi Dennis was out there today. We obviously mm-hmm. spoke to him in the locker room. But, yeah, let's get to some of these videos from Jason Light and Todd Bowles. This first one is Jason Light just – kind of talking about constructing this roster, what he likes about it. And without further ado, Jason Light. Just tell us about this group of players that you've assembled and, and really what makes you and Todd have such a conviction to to essentially keep the guys that you've had primarily since the spring. Well, I think if you take a look at most teams, they'll, they'll most teams will err on keeping their guys that they invested the time in and, and uh, throughout the offseason, but in our particular case, yeah, you're right. We do, we are very excited about our roster, um, our young guys, even some of the second, third year guys too. Um, I think it's uh, it's probably more excitement at this point than we've had in the past, not to say that we haven't had some great you know, classes, uh, rookie classes, but I think just overall with just the number. And, uh, you know, they're not all going to make it throughout the year probably if you play the odds, but... Um, but overall, it's just a collectively just a great group of not just players and talent. We didn't intentionally go out to get younger, but it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, that kind of goes into what we were talking about earlier of, uh, you know, keeping the same guys, same group, not adding anyone yeah. else. But really, the the biggest thing for Jason Light was the fact that six undrafted free agents made this team. Yeah. 
couple guys obviously going to have big roles. Christian Isian specifically. Marquise Watts was someone that has been talked about a lot recently, yeah. including today. So we'll get this first video of Light talking about just the undrafted free agents. And then he talks a little bit more specifically about outside linebackers. Obviously, they kept six. That was uh, definitely something that caught the attention of everybody. So more from Jason Light. Well, we kept six for now. Um, like I said, I, well, we didn't. We knew that there would be a lot of opportunities for new faces, but I didn't necessarily think we were going to. If you would have told me back in April that we'd keep six undrafted rookies, I probably would have thought you were crazy. But, um, but it just it worked out. All of these guys are just they really exceeded our expectations or or played uh, very well throughout the offseason, and we're excited about every single one of them. So I think a lot of them are going to play big roles for us. So obviously, you. You know where you know a couple of them uh, right now are, are most of them stand on the roster, but um, yeah, it's it's exciting times to see whenever you have a young team and you think that you can compete with that young team. It's 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 great. It worked out well for us. I mean, we're paying the bills right now, so it was. I think I've said this before. It was challenging for us, but it was it was it was fun. It was it was exciting. Um, anytime you're you challenge your staff to go find said before gyms and dollar store um you know it's it's a there's there's kind of an excitement to it that's what we get paid to do that's what uh you know that's how we earned our our, our bones early like trying to kick the weeds and find guys so it was uh it was a lot of fun for for all of them and uh before we get to jason light talking about the outside linebackers the fact that so many of these undrafted free agents made the team i mean they're definitely underdogs even to get on mm-hmm. so uh this is a perfect time to remind everybody about underdog fantasy and best ball mania yeah that is coming up next week there is 15 million dollars in total prizes with three million dollars going to uh the first place winner um, of that tournament you just draft your team and you set it and forget it there's no trades no waivers don't have to worry about bye weeks or anything like that it just accumulates the best score out of all the players um, on your team. It's a $25 entry, but uh, Underdog Fantasy has so many different fun events that you can do. Um, they have in-season tournaments that go you know, $10 million. Uh, you have a $5 million regular season pool. Uh, so, so many different uh, fun events that you got going on. Of course, we're going to have Pewter Reports League that uh, you can get involved with. So if you want to play, with us or against us, you can hit us up, uh, Scott at SR at PewterReport.com. I'm Matt at PewterReport.com. Josh Capo is Josh.Capo, Q-U-E-I-P-O at gmail.com. And Bailey Adams is Bailey J Adams 22 at gmail.com. Um, a ton of fun events you could do. The over-under is something that I'm a huge fan of at PewterReport.com. So check out Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code Pewter. And you can uh, get it going. So yeah. many fun, different things to do. Yeah, uh, we're looking forward to it. So I, I had to push my draft out back. I was going to do it tonight, but I've had a schedule conflict. So actually, I'm going to go back uh, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. I've emailed some people that have emailed me. Still time. If you want to, to play me in fantasy football in my league, go ahead and do that. Uh, and uh, srpewterreport.com. We're going to be drafting either Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm trying to figure out what's best for everybody that wants to play, and, and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, let's get back to Jason Light real quick, um, talking about the outside linebackers and Marquis Swatts specifically, who he compared him to. 
And it wasn't yeah. a football player. Yeah. JTS and Nelson had to play all of, I think, three games for you, but just yeah. would led to that decision. Another thing, we didn't go into this you know, offseason and say we're going to keep a certain number of <coughs> pass rushers, but we have seven if you count yeah. Jose. Right. Um, and you just can't, you can't have too many of those guys. And just, you know, injuries occur, even without thinking of injuries. You just can't have enough pass rushers. So um, I think it's going to pay off for us very, a lot. Um, and we're, we're counting on that. Joe's had a, Joe's had a great uh, camp and he's played very well. So, and now we need Logan to step up like, uh, like we mentioned Joe in the past. And, and, and Logan's been doing a good job, but we need him to step up too. But um, if, yeah, he, he really jumped off the tape even that very first uh, time we had him in here on a tryout because he's Gumby. Damn it. He plays about this low to the ground, and he um, he's, he's very explosive off the edge. Like I said, he's smart, plays hard. He's got natural power. Um, you know, there's a, he's got a big upside, so we're very excited about him. I guess you can never have enough good pass rushers, right, from the edge. Yeah, I think we got very good football players at that position, and they were too good to let go because I think one of them would have been picked up either way. And you can never have enough edge rushes. They'll they'll make us create packages for them and do certain things so everybody can get on the field. First of all, I appreciate Jason Light throwing in a damn it with uh, <laughs> referring him to Gumby. It just hits a little bit yeah. more. He's like, he's like Gumby, damn it. <laughs> it right. just adds a little bit more. Um, but I appreciate what. Todd Bowles had to say as well, just the, the thought process of keeping six outside linebackers Yeah, from the outside eye, you might be like, ah, oh, that's kind of a lot for one position specifically. But the fact that Todd Bowles explained it as we didn't think we'd be able to keep either one on the practice squad. If right. we had to cut one of them, uh, it just shows the, the, the thought process behind it. And it makes a ton of sense too. Yeah. And of course uh, he was talking about, Marquise Watts or Cam Gill and, yes. and Jason Light saying, you know, hey, Joe Tryon Schoenk has had a very good training camp in preseason. And he has. I, I think that that still some more work to be done. But he did have quite a few pressures in that Ravens game. I thought that he showed off his repertoire of moves pretty well uh, in limited duty. And Shaq Barrett, man, he's Shaq is back. <laughs> he is. He's, I don't know if he's 19 and a half sacks back. And I asked him uh, about that today. I had a great, great, tremendous interview today, one on one with him, that I'm going to be writing a story on that'll be on pewterreport.com this weekend. Make sure you check out this article. Uh, but the nuts and bolts of it is Shaq said, I don't know if I'm 19 and a half sacks back, but, you know, 10 sacks, Pro Bowl. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back there. And, doesn't even think about the Achilles injury anymore. Yeah, He's just, the, only, the only time I think about the Achilles is not on the football field. It's when I'm in the weight room and I'm doing calf raises because uh, one calf is is just stronger than the others, and I can I can feel it when I'm doing that. But anything on the football field, I don't even think about the Achilles injury anymore. And uh, so, some exciting news about Shaq. I, I'm, I'm encouraged that that he is. I, I listen. The, the offseason he's had between the injury and the the tragic death of his daughter, um, he knows too. With with his thirty first birthday coming up later this fall, he is closer to the end of his career than he was at the beginning of his career. Right, yeah. so that he's he's in the twilight. He knows that he's making every moment count. He said, "I know football can be taken away from me because I saw it happen last year." 
and I will be playing every single down like it's my last. So really good stuff coming from Shaq Barrett this weekend on PeterReport.com. Yeah, you know, I, I was watching an interview recently, and it's a different sport, but I think it rings true to um, to the NFL as well. I was, I was watching an interview where they were, uh, the podcast I was listening to was interviewing Yarmir Yager, the famous yeah. hockey mm-hmm. player. And he was saying, towards the end of Yarmir Yager's career, he played well into his 40s and he was on multiple teams, but he's saying, I had to work just as hard, if not harder, because if you're 40 or in NFL world, like 32 yeah. plus, if, if you struggle at an older age, they just say, oh, you're old and we're going to cut you. If you're a right. young player, it's like, oh, you're still learning. You have time yeah. to to make it up. You just had a bad week or whatever it was. But no, the older you get, it's just, eh, you're older now. We're going to move on. So Shaq's starting to get into that category mm-hmm. a little bit, even though still fairly young in, in the grand yeah. scheme of, uh, of everything. But if you can get 10 sacks or 12 sacks, like Al Bundy was saying, yeah. I mean, that... That is a two thumbs up for the oh, yeah. defense if they get that from Shaq Barrett. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I was talking to Will Golston today, one of my go-to guys. You know, we know Will's a friend of the program. Yeah, uh, he reads and respects Peter Report. And I asked him about this Todd Bowles defense, and I said, um, you know, without giving too much away, what can you tell me about, you know, these packages that he can do with Kalaja Kansi? And Logan Hall next to Vita Vea, right, with, with Shaq and JTS and then Yaya and Anthony Nelson and Watts and Blitzing Devin and Servassier and Levante David and all this. And he said, I can't tell you anything. Otherwise, I'm going to be giving it away. I can't, <laughs> I can't even give you anything, Scott, because anything I say will give it away. But uh, Todd Bowles is a mastermind, and he has more versatile pieces now and more yes. speed to work with, whether yes. it's Izzyan in the slot, whether it's Kalaja Kansi at, as a three technique, whether it's Logan Hall, who's a faster version of Will Golston, you know, uh, playing that other defensive line position. Just so much he can do. I'm excited about the the tinkering that Bowles has been doing this offseason behind the scenes, the stuff he has not shown us in practice. Uh, that he is going to be incorporating. They got the nuts and the bolts. They got the basics in there, but it's, it's uh, you know, the ice cream is there, right? But it's yeah. the toppings. That's really what counts. And that's where bowls excels. The sprinkles on the top, the syrup, all that stuff. And and that's the stuff he's going to be putting in those installs on a week by week basis to specifically attack specific opponents on a weekly basis. Now, let me ask you, Scott, there's one guy you mentioned in that group that I'm not extremely high on, and I don't know if it makes or breaks the Bucks defense, but as Jason Light said earlier today, the Bucks go as the defensive line goes, yeah. at least uh, on the defensive side. Where are you at with Logan Hall going into this season? Because I am... I have my I, concerns. I, I, yeah, I, I'm personally not expecting a great deal of, uh, you know, uh, of playmaking from Logan Hall going into this season. Yeah, I think that the team is just because, you know, he's he's essentially a first round draft pick. I mean, he was their yeah. first pick. He was the third pick. Yeah, thirty-third pick, right? So that by by default, he's he's that guy. Last year, uh Todd Bowles did something that I, I don't want to say he regrets, but he put Logan in a lot of run stuffing situations to get him used to taking on double teams and really made it hard for Logan. And I think there might be some defensive coordinators out there that would have given Logan pass rush opportunities, using him more on third downs, et cetera, because yeah. that's really what he's he's used to. But I think 
Bulls's long-term strategy was let's get this guy ready to bang in there and be physical as as somebody who's going to be taking on double teams, stopping the run, et cetera, because that's that's where he needs the most growth. That's where he needs the most work. That's where he's going to need the most experience. He's more of a natural pass rusher than he is a run stuffer. Yeah. So let's 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 have him get the hard stuff out of the way. It's almost like, you know, when you're uh, when you're having a, a, a delicious piece of cake, right? Sometimes I don't know if you're this kind of guy. I am. I eat the cake and then I save the icing for the end. Then I eat all the icing, Ooh. right? That's that that that's kind of like I think what Bowles was trying to do. And this is this is Logan Hall this year. He's he looks bigger, mm-hmm. more mature physically. He's up. To, Close to 300 pounds. He's probably like a couple pounds shy of 300. He's gained about 15 pounds of off-season muscle and mass. And I like the fact that Bowles played him a good deal in all of the preseason games. I think he probably could have played him even more, to be perfectly frank with you. But it is a 17-game season. He is going to be a starter. I think this is going to be Logan Hall's second rookie season. Okay. I think he knows what to do now because he has experience within the defense and just mentally he knows what's going on, where I'm supposed to be. Uh, Listen, football is alignment and assignment, right? It's like, what's my alignment and then what's my assignment? Am I aligned correctly? Okay. Do I have my right assignment? Do I know what I'm supposed to do? Okay, that's the first step of it. And I think he's got that down this year after going through that as a rookie. Now it's how do I – how do I make the play? How do I use what I'm being taught technique-wise, right? Film study-wise against my opponent one-on-one. How am I going to beat this guy, win the line of scrimmage, make the tackle for loss, put the pressure on the quarterback, get the sack, et cetera? And so I, I think this is going to be a second rookie season for Logan Hall, but he's going to be further along because he played some last year and he's been through two training camps now. So I'm not expecting great things from Logan Hall this year. I'm not saying he can't do it, but you asked me, and I'm just saying, I I think if he gets five sacks, I think that's a win. And I'm telling you right now, pewter people, defensive tackle is probably the hardest position for rookies to come in and make an impact. And everybody looks at the sack totals, and it's more than sacks. It's being stout in the run game. It's it's being disruptive and, and having penetration. It's all those things. And so I think it's going to be a work in progress for Logan Hall. I've, I've already kind of said that. I said that in Five Hard Truths, my SR's Fab yeah. Five column, uh, was it last week? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, I think that's where we are. Uh, it's Don't call him a bust, but it's going to be another rookie season for, for Logan Hall, and, uh, but one where he should be ascending a little faster than last year. I think there are two things that can really help Logan Hall – one of them being, and you kind of alluded to it before, let him play all three downs. Don't take him yeah. out after the first or second. I think you had right. a great analogy with the with the dessert and the cake. I would almost say it's like when you get dinner and you eat all of your broccoli and, and your vegetables yeah. first, but then you can enjoy the main course, whether it's the steak or the chicken. Right. He only got the vegetables. He didn't get the, the right. sizzle uh, exactly. of it all. And yep. second, I think Logan can probably operate best with the spotlight not on him. You know, yeah. now that Kalijah Cansey's here, yeah, the focus great is point. on this team. Like, let's remember, <laughs> he played at Houston. Houston yeah. isn't the the team that everyone's tuning in to watch on right. Thursday or Saturday or whenever yeah. they're playing. They're, so, they're just joining the Big 12 this year, ex- and they were exactly. in a lower conference before. So, so I yeah. think him operating outside of the spotlight 
you could see some moments where it's like, oh man, what a play from Logan Hall. That's right. He is a, you know, yeah. a key contributor to this defense. So those are the things that I think he has going for him. Will he live up to that? It remains to be seen, but he's at least taken the first couple of steps, whether it's bulking up, like we've talked about, just right. getting more reps in general with Will him and with Will essentially being the backup and Kalijah Cansey not being there. So a couple things going Logan Hall's way, but he's got to pick it up for the regular season. I agree. Um, Mikhail Arrow with another uh, questionnaire. Who were the last two on the practice squad? We alluded to that yesterday on Twitter. Patrick Laird, the running back, and uh, Pat O'Connor. Both of those guys got re-signed to the practice squad. So, again, the Buccaneers keeping all 53 of their own players on the 53 and then keeping all of their players from training camp in the preseason on their 16-person practice squad. So, I've never seen that before, Matt, where the team has kept every single player that they've had yeah. on the team without making one swap or an adjustment. Doesn't mean it's not coming. But so far, this team is very happy with the players they've assembled on this roster. <laughs> there are uh, a number of odd things about the season, and that's just another one of them. As yeah. uh, Mark Fisher has a uh, question slash comment, SR, Matt, do you think this team is better or worse than 2019? Seems like a good measure. Yeah. I think this is a really good question. A really good question. Fisher. Really good. Uh, I'll start it off. Yeah. I, I think this team is a little bit better than the 2019 team. Because I yeah. think the biggest thing that held back the team in 2019 was the turnovers, obviously, yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. So really, it's whether are, are or Are you not, saying 30 interceptions and yeah, seven pick I'm sixes saying, are, are not 30, ideal, Matt? Yeah, I'm saying 30 interceptions is bad. Um, <laughs> I, I think if Baker can hold on to the football – that automatically makes them better. You're talking about yeah. a more experienced Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and a more experienced defense as well. Like that, yeah, Shaq went crazy with 19 right. and a half, but you have Shaq on this defense for a couple of years. Vita Bea has, you know, way more, has been yeah. much, much better. Yeah. Devin White's better. Yeah. Devin White, Carlton Davis, and Jamel Dean. So I, yeah. I think the answer is this season's team. Now, there are the offensive line is clearly better in 2019 yeah. to a degree. You didn't have Tristan Wirfs. Right. Um, and then also, like, tight end, I think, was better in 2019. But there's a lot of pieces in 2023 that I think are better, mostly holding on to the football and just Mike and Chris just knowing that much more about uh, how to make it in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, if you want to learn how to make it in real estate, maybe you're looking to buy or sell a house, uh, go to the Eric Rose Group. They're the official realtor of Pewter Report. And uh, Eric is, is an avid Pewter Report reader, probably watching this podcast right now. I'm just telling you, after getting a chance to know him, he is somebody you're going to want in your corner because this guy has got the playbook for success when it comes to real estate people. The Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market, and Eric has got the experience for all types of situations. He's a gifted play caller when it comes to buying and selling houses in this market, especially. He's a Tampa native. His father was stationed at McDill. So whether it's it's uh, here in Tampa or maybe let's say you're moving from out of state into the state, he can also help you sell your house uh, out of state because he's part of the EXP Realty Group. They have 85,000 agents across the country. So it's wire to wire help. It's it's not just, you know, your property in Florida, whether you're selling or buying your home. It's it's where you're moving from and where you're moving to or if you're moving around the state, he can help you with that as well. So. The best part about this is, is Eric is a great guy and their clients over at the Eric Gross Group are not just transactions, they're lifelong friendships. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. 
go to their website, housesinfla.com. That's housesinfla.com. It's a great website. You can view their inventory. They've got some great information up there by buying houses in this, this uh, market and, and also in this real estate climate as well. Or you can give Eric a call. It's his personal cell number, 513-907-4271. That's 513-907-4271. This is a great weekend to do it. I'm sure there's some open houses around uh, the area. If you're not on vacation, maybe you know call Eric and, and see what's shaking around here in terms of, of houses for sale. And no matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome at the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Again, that website, housesinfla.com. By the way, this is not the last podcast of the week. We have one tomorrow. Since we didn't That's do right. a show on Wednesday, we're going to have one on Friday. And we have a re- returning guest. Yes. Uh, so tomorrow's episode is called Why the Bucks Believe They'll Win. And that's with returning guest Tyler Dunn from the Go Long website and uh, his podcast, Go Long Podcast. Tyler had an awesome article uh, yes. a little while ago about Carlton Davis when we last had him on the show. And he was so much fun to talk to. We're bringing him back for tomorrow's episode. I'll be on with Tyler as he uh, had another article about the Buccaneers, about why they believe they're going to be a winner this season. Has uh, It's a great article, a lot yes. of great stuff from Rashad awesome White stuff. and Dave Canales. So very excited to have Tyler back on the show. Super fun to talk to, and we know that he'll bring it again on tomorrow's episode. That'll be at 4 o'clock, just like our regularly Scheduled programming, so a yeah. special Friday edition of the That's right. Board Podcast. We're not going to let you down just because there's a hurricane, pewter people, on Wednesday. We're going to bring it. We're going to bring it four times a week. So that's, that's what we do during uh, the regular season, four times a week with our podcast. And and then we do this bonus thing called Pewter Game Day as well. So you're going to get three podcasts. Next week, it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday because Monday is a holiday. And the Bucks. Um, you know, that they're going to be preparing for the, the Vikings, but we're going to have media access primarily Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And, um, you know, and Todd Bowles is going to be excited about that. But I was going to show you is there we go. Pewter game day. Um, we're going to be going live on every game day, whether it's a Sunday, whether it's a Monday night game, Thursday night game. We'll have a, a one hour pregame show followed by a, uh, uh, a live in-game analysis from Peter Game Day from the Peter Report staff. So that's always fun. So make sure you tune into that next Sunday. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. So it's going to be cool. Speaking of this Sunday, Matt, you're going to be watching some college football, which will be fun. You're going to be doing, you're gonna be doing some am. scouting. There's a couple of, of big-time pro prospects, including two quarterbacks the Bucks might be interested in. What game are you going to, Matt? Yeah, this uh, this Sunday, I can't wait. Going to the Florida State-LSU game that is taking place uh, in Orlando at Camping World Stadium. It's going to be fun just going to a game as a spectator. I love covering the Bucs. I love what we do at PeterReport.com. With this one, I'm strictly just watching uh, as a fan. I hope Florida State wins. It's going to be an awesome time yeah. uh, this Sunday. Florida State-LSU. Kind of leaning towards the over in that game, but we'll see. Very much looking forward to that game. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about that is these two quarterbacks, uh, maybe first rounders, certainly will be gone by day two. Jaden Daniels, who returned to LSU, he won the starting job last year after transferring from Arizona State, where he was the quarterback with Rashad White. That's his guy. So Jaden Daniels had a really good show. Matter of fact, the Buccaneers were kind of hoping he was going to come out this year. Mm. So keep that quiet. But Jaden Daniels was a guy they were interested in. And he is going to be squaring off as he returns uh, for this year against 
Jordan LSU's Travis. quarterback, Jordan Travis, who is damn good player himself. So a ton of pro prospects in this game. Matt's going to be there live watching it. We're going to be watching it from home. Actually, we're going to be watching it from Amelia Island. We're going up to, uh, to the beach this weekend. But uh, should be a, a great weekend of college football. And if you're interested in scouting quarterbacks, I reposted my SR's Fab Five from back in July. It's called SR's Fab Five Rewind. And it's my exclusive interview with, with Trevor Sykema about the quarterback class and why the Bucs were smart enough not to draft a quarterback in 2023. And if they're going to draft one, do it in 2024, where there's possibly as many as 20 quarterbacks could be drafted this coming year, including 12 in the first two days of the draft alone, which that's some big news right there by itself. So um, good stuff. We'll have plenty of, of coverage of a new SR's Fab Five tomorrow. Working on it right now. It's going to be about my pewter predictions for the upcoming season. We've got some stories from Jason Light and Todd Bull's press conferences coming up. So even though you're going to be vacationing this weekend, pewter people, check out pewterreport.com. We're going to have wall-to-wall coverage getting you guys set up for Bucks and Vikings next week. That's right. And in the meantime, whether you're vacationing, partying, enjoying yourselves, whatever it is during this Labor Day weekend, make sure you're following us on our social media on X, formerly known as Twitter, Threads, Instagram, and Facebook at Pewter Report, and our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. We always got content coming out. We got a lot of stuff on our Instagram right now. We're also very close to 10,000 followers on Instagram, so please subscribe to all, but specifically Instagram so we can get to 10K. And, of course, our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Please like and subscribe to our yeah. channel. It's absolutely free. You just hit a button. That is it. But, yeah, please follow us uh, on all of our social media. Yeah. And I'm uh, going to Amelia Island, but I almost went to Colorado. I was thinking about it. Maybe maybe go to Colorado this weekend? Nah, not not this time. Bye week. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Onto the beach this weekend, but I'll make it back to the mountains. I promise. I love Colorado. Went out there in May. If you want to go to Colorado, maybe retire there, retire to Florida even. Managing your wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets or, or retiring, you know, getting your retirement uh, squared away with your retirement accounts. It means brokerage and advisory services, college savings accounts for the kids, insurance services. They can do it all at Immuni Financial. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call. Immuni Financial, 1-800-868-6864, or visit them on the web at immuni.com. I've got most of my financial assets at Immuni. Highly recommend you check out Immuni Financial, whether you're in Florida or anywhere across the country. Uh, real quick, best bets for the Bucks this season, over six and a half wins, and Mike Evans, over 875 and a half receiving yards. Hit I the over that. on both of, the, uh, both I of those. I that. But that's yep. going to do it for us on this afternoon's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out. And I also want to wish a happy anniversary to my parents, Glenn and Debbie. Oh, 37 years of marriage. To the love, you guys. Yeah. love it. Happy anniversary. All right. Peace out, guys. Enjoy college football tonight.